In today's Freelancing Dad Conversation, I interview Mark Mawini. He teaches coaches how to find clients. So in the freelancing world, in the self-employment world, there's a lot of different things that you can do as a freelancer and as a work-from-home entrepreneur. One of those things is being a coach or being a consultant. Uh, consulting, coaching, that's part of what I do. I help coach and consult with companies on their video marketing strategy. And Mark helps teach coaches how to grow their business and how to find clients And so he's going to share some insights today on how to start that type of business, um, what it really takes to grow it. He's going to discuss things related to how to price your services, how to know what you're worth um, when it comes to charging for this type of thing. And um, he has been a lifelong entrepreneur. He started out in real estate and then got into coaching and then teaching coaches. And so I know that you're going to benefit a lot from today's conversation, especially if you at all are interested in or are already uh, coaching as your as part of your freelancing business, then this episode is definitely for you. Or if you're a consultant, basically you're uh, working with a company or working with an individual one-on-one and you're helping to guide them in some way, consultant, coach, this, ep- this episode is definitely for you. And there are some general tips um, for any freelancer as well. He is also a parent and working at home and navigating being able to balance work life and family life, which is something we love talking about. So with that said, I welcome Mark to the show. Uh, thanks for having me, Chad. Welcome to the podcast, Freelancing Dads, where we discuss how to help dad transition from his employee job to a freelance career at home so he can increase his income and spend more time with his family. And if you're already a freelancing parent, we'll help you grow your business to the next level. For any society to thrive, a strong family unit must be at the core of its structure. And dad being at home, earning more, and working less is what makes this a reality. Join us to learn how to build your business and family when they're under the same roof. have you on because this is we're going to talk about a a topic of self-employment that we haven't discussed before on this show and that is coaching which is a very viable option for parents who want to figure out what they could do from home and how to produce income coaching uh consulting is is a lot of what i've done and they're and they're in similar industries um but i wanted to first have you introduce yourself to our audience so that we can know a little bit more about what you do as a self-employed dad. Sure. So um, I've been working from home since 2014, and that's been uh, specifically helping coaches get more clients without paid ads. And uh, I'm a dad. I have a 13-year-old son, and I also have a stepdaughter who's four and a half, almost five years old. And so kind of both ends of the spectrum there, toddler and then a new teenager. <laughs> uh, but yeah, you're right what you said in the intro, that coaching is a great home-based business. You know, it's probably one of the best out there, I think, to do it because you can do it from anywhere as long as you've got internet access. And I love it. You, I wouldn't trade it for anything. That's great. Well, can you share with us some initial, um, like how did, how did you get started in uh, being a coach and then teaching coaches? Like where, have you always been, doing this is it like like for did you have a previous career kind of tell us a little bit about that well it's a really long story so and uh to make a really long story short i was in real estate for about 10 years throughout my 20s right out of university and uh was going really well i built up a big business over that decade and i uh, opened up my own brokerage i had about 100 agents and employees uh, that were working with me and then bang everything collapsed 
And uh, I went through a rough period there a couple of years. I say in the wilderness, uh, not literally, <laughs> figuratively. And basically, I was helped back up to my feet by several coaches and mentors who came along and in, into my life, which I didn't know anything about coaching back in my real estate days. I was winging it. I said, oh, why would, you know, coaching sound like athletics, right? Sports. But I got the front row seat to see how coaching can help when I was going through those dark periods. So when I was ready to get back into business in 2014, and I looked at what I wanted to do, coaching was right at the top of the list because I was very familiar with it from my experience there. And here we are, oh boys, uh, almost eight years later and still going. That's great. What what type of uh, coaching do you teach people to be? There's lots of different types of coaches. Is there a particular type or do you focus on just the concept of coaching in general? Yeah, so basically I help any coach out there. They could be coaches who are uh, life coaches, relationship coaches, health coaches, sales coaches. I've worked with all sorts of niches. And what I'm working on is more the uh, business side of things, not the craft of coaching. Because there's plenty of places like certifications they can get and stuff like that for it. So if uh, you're a coach and you know, you're really passionate about what you're doing and you're good at it, but if you don't have any clients and you're not going to get a chance to to be in business because <laughs> you can't keep the lights on. So I help them get clients and keep the lights on and, and profit, which I think anyone in business should be. I know it's a dirty word nowadays, right? A lot of people try to pretend online, oh, I don't care about money. You know, it's uh, it's like, yeah, you, you should care about money because if not, you can't be in business very long. Yeah, yeah, definitely. No, I, uh, I, I've went to... I've taken various coaching trainings because I've a lot of what I do is is help coach businesses on their on their video marketing, and I've also coached freelancers. And um, it, yeah, the, most of those trainings it teaches you the the craft of coaching, but you don't learn how to sell it. And so I spent a couple of years just like, well, this isn't doing anything. I I, I feel like I can coach people, but I I don't know how to sell it. I don't know how to grow a business out of it. So that's great that you really focus on that side of it so that people can keep pursuing their passion and actually support their family doing it. What would you say are some initial steps that somebody ought to take to start a business like this on a small to no budget? Does it does it cost a bunch of money up front? Is it like, what does that look like, those, those first steps when somebody doesn't have money to invest? Well, I mean, there's obviously some overhead but uh, nothing compared to say my real estate days or other businesses in there. So you could do coaching for, you know, almost free, really, if you think about it, you know, if you, you don't even need a website technically. That being said, there's, of course, little expenses, you know, you should ideally be building an email list. So there you have to have your email provider like AWeber, for example, MailChimp, whoever. Uh, so there's uh, some there, you know, I recommend having an online calendar. It gives that uh, professional image, but it's also going to make things much easier for you when you're booking appointments. Uh, just like I when I booked this, when you invited me on the show, uh, if we were trying to work it out manually, could be a pain in the butt for both of us. And so there's little things like that, uh, that, you know, I'm not going to say that's zero dollars, although it could be, but it's very low, right? Um, uh, barrier to entry and cost of entry to get into it. So uh, that would be the first thing, the foundational stuff like that. I think it's more a time investment, time and energy investment in the early stages. Uh, a lot of coaches uh, I speak with, the, the mistake they make is they say, well, I want to get the business going without spending out of pocket. I don't want to buy Facebook ads and spend tens of thousands of dollars and all this fancy stuff. 
but then they're not willing to compensate by rolling up their sleeves and putting in the work either. And you can't have it both ways. You know, it, it, you have to roll up your sleeves and make up for it with, uh, with effort if you're not going to be investing money into it. Definitely. Well, that's, that's good to know um, that, that for those listening that don't uh, kind of know what it takes, that it really doesn't take a ton. It's not like what you think of as starting a business of needing, needing to go out and get investors and have hundreds of thousands of dollars in order to start a business in our, in our modern day, we just need internet access. And there's a lot that we can do, you know, maybe some, some software and, and subscriptions to a couple of tools. Um, but for the most part, very, very low cost. Um, what can you tell us a little bit more about the types of, so with those, cause I think today's show is really focused more on, uh, the type of freelancer that is getting into creating more of an online business that they're going beyond just, um, providing a service for another company. Um, but that they're trying to produce an online presence. Um, do you have some tips for us regarding, uh, building an online business specifically making that online presence, uh, without spending a ton of money on ads, like you had mentioned, um, that maybe that comes later, but what does that look like at, at first? Yeah. Well, I mean, uh, first off, you have to be really clear who you're helping and how you're helping them. So I'd mentioned earlier, I'm helping coaches get more clients without paid ads. Uh, if someone asks me what I do, I fire that out. Unfortunately for a lot of coaches or online entrepreneurs, freelancers, so they get asked that question, they don't have a clear answer with it, or it, it turns into like a five minute long speech, you know, and they're all over the place. And there's something uh, that I call a barbecue pitch, you know, so that would be if I didn't know you, Chad, and we were at a backyard barbecue. And, you know, after we we meet for the first time, we ex exchange pleasantries, talk about the weather or something like that. Then I say, so what do you do, Chad? Uh, your barbecue pitch is that clear, concise answer to the question. And uh, it shouldn't be a blank stare or it shouldn't be a five minute long speech either. Uh, so you, you have to know that first off. I mean, that's pr pretty uh, basic and straightforward. Uh, the other thing is uh, consistency, I think, is an underrated superpower. So a lot of people think because they see these ads, you know, make seven figures in 30 days from your hot tub, you know, or something like that, that uh, all these get rich quick things that you don't have to spend a lot of time or do a lot of work. And we all know that's baloney. So the reason I was able to get my business uh, going and growing is that I'm very consistent. You know, I'm, I've been doing daily emails to my list now for over 2000 days, April of 2016 is when I started those haven't missed a day yet. I've done 740 podcast episodes as of today. Uh, I'm on social media every day, you know, get with my Facebook group and other stuff too. So it's not always a real sexy thing, you know, consistency. It's not always exciting, but I think it's something that's very important. Uh, so I always remember um, I read Arnold Schwarzenegger's autobiography called Total Recall, and he kept talking about how he wanted to be a machine like the Terminator, you know, in his big role, right? And, uh, that's what I think of myself as a machine, you know, rain or shine, I'm going to get what I have to get done, you know, be very consistent and disciplined with it. Yeah. And, and that's really what it has to be. It's like a, you know, a machine in a factory. If it stops, if it just gets turned off, it's not going to produce anything. And so that consistency, if you want to consistently produce results, you got to consistently put in that effort. And so thanks for explaining that to us. I, I interviewed someone uh, years ago. I got a coach on my podcast and he worked with some really big names like Olympians, stuff like that. And he was really big in the coaching world. 
And uh, the day that the interview was set to go, we'd been trying to book it for months. Um, I came down with a weird bug. Now, this was pre-COVID days, so um, I was fine after a day or two. But that day of the podcast interview, uh, I won't get into the gory details, but I uh, made a number of trips to the bathroom back and forth and stuff. And uh, what I decided to do... Uh, Probably should have canceled the interview, but where I'd spent so long trying to get on the show, I didn't want to have to push it back. I really wanted to do it. So uh, I made sure the garbage can was next to the desk and I recorded the interview and I said, oh God, I really hope I don't have to use that garbage can. And luckily I didn't, you know, and um, I tell that story, like I said, maybe it's stupid to do an interview. I should have probably gotten in bed and got some more sleep, but that highlights my mentality that when you commit to doing something for business, you get it done, rain or shine. And uh, I don't think I've been sick since then other than you know sniffles with a cold oh, so of course <laughs> knock, knock them with <laughs> <laughs> that's great wait so with, with that as we're being consistent and uh and and producing in that way a question that i get a lot and that i'm sure you get a lot is how do you figure out what to charge because there's i went through my own rough period of of, of undercharging and not even knowing how to come up with the right numbers because i kept comparing it to what i was earning when i was an employee um, and I didn't know how to convert that into the structure of a business. And, and I kept getting caught up in my hourly rate is worth as if I was worth that hourly rate or based on my previous wage or something. And we get it in our head that there's a particular hourly wage that somehow matches our self-worth and then it gets mixed up with our identity and it's all, it can just become a mess. What, well, I guess, what tips do you have for this whole aspect of growing the business with increasing your, 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 your pricing to match what you're worth, even figuring out what you're worth. Obviously, it's a complex subject and you can go on forever, but what are some some highlights with it? Yeah, it's really tricky. I mean, it's tough in the coaching world because there's no standard, this is how much to charge. You know, it's a wild west. You got people uh, charging peanuts or doing it for free. Then you get people charging hundreds or hundreds of thousands of dollars every year uh, for it and everywhere in between. And uh, I always say to people that uh, I can't come in and tell you how much you should be charging. You know, it's a very personal thing, but chances are the people I'm working with and possibly people listening to this are undercharging. You know, that's human nature to want to undercharge. Uh, with it. So I always suggest um, you have to feel good about what you're charging because if you don't feel good about it, you're not going to sell it. You know, so me, as much as I'd like to make, uh, if I said, Chad, hire me as your uh, coach for a year, million dollars, pay me. I would love for you to pay me a million dollars. Uh, let me know if you want to. I'll send you my PayPal. <laughs> but uh, I don't feel good about that, right? Uh, now, I wouldn't feel good if I said, okay, Chad, I'll uh, pay me a hundred bucks a month, you know, or whatever, because that's too far the other way. Uh, so whatever you're charging, I always uh, say, don't just look at what everyone in your industry is charging because chances are they're undercharging. They're all racing to the bottom. Uh, set your price, but make sure you feel good about it and then reevaluate it. So maybe it's every six months you're bumping that up. That's what I like to do with mine. And then you're constantly going in the right direction and you're stepping outside your comfort zone to do it, especially nowadays with inflation and stuff. If you're not increasing your prices, you're losing, <laughs> you know, uh, with the cost of gas, groceries, everything else that's uh, going on right now. So um, tough to say, okay, you should be charging X amount. I mean, you want to look at a bunch of different factors, but there's some tips to make sure you're getting as much as you should be getting. That's great. That's a really great way to kind of simplify it a bit and give us a good starting point for figuring that out and how to gauge it. And uh, yeah, I, I, I tell people a lot that it's that it's very unpredictable uh, what, what cost of living looks like. And we have times where there's inflation and overall it tends to be where if, if you're just working as an employee, 
um, you're not going to be able to, your income will not adapt quick enough to how the world can change. And being a coach, being a freelancer, being self-employed, you have a lot more flexibility in being able to uh, change that and to change your pricing or just increase the value you're providing and um, be able to have that flexibility. And uh, uh, it gives us a lot to work with there. Something I wanted to uh, kind of shift to is tell us a little bit about um, what it has meant for your family to be able to have the career that you have. Uh, what what kind of benefits have been able to come from you being able to work in this kind of setting where you're able to work remotely, you're able to uh, be self-employed and kind of, for the most part, call the shots on what your your work looks like, what your schedule looks like, and even the control you have over your income and so forth. Yeah, I mean, uh, I don't think I could work for in a corporate environment or to work for someone. You know, I say I'm unemployable because I really never had a, quote, job uh, with it. And I've been working on my own so long that uh, for me to go into an office nine to five and stuff like that, just it doesn't fit my personality. Uh, we were talking before we started recording and uh, one of the advantages for uh, for this, uh, my stepdaughter's daycare, there was a positive COVID case uh, just they announced today, which basically means that every kid in there has to isolate uh, for 14 days or something. I'm, I'm in a part of the world, if anyone has the sniffles, they lock the whole province down, you know, or whatever. So it's kind of extreme. Uh, but anyways, uh, there's flexibility there because that changed things with my fiance and I and, and our situation. If we were working, we, we were even talking about this, like what would we do if we were working normal jobs? You know, if you had to go to your employer and say, oh, sorry, 14 days won't be in, you know, good luck <laughs> or whatever. It's, uh, so there's flexibility, which is especially important in, in times of COVID. Um, but I mean, just overall, it's great. Like my son and I here in the last week have taken walks every day, um, you know, um, not just the weekends after schools, everything else like that. And uh, I get to hang out with him days. He doesn't have school. We're doing stuff earlier in the day as well. So uh, that not saying uh, th that you could just do that, and not do any work. You know, I make sure when I'm working, I'm working. And when I'm playing, I'm playing. And then that all balances out with it. But yeah, great flexibility and it also uh, an important point for whether it's freelance or coach anything is uh make sure you're working with the right people if there's someone that thinks they have you on speed dial and they're going to pester you a hundred times a day you, it's going to be a little more difficult to have that flexibility so fire those bad clients i have good clients and they know not to uh, bug me there's boundaries you know and i'll help them when they need help but they're not going to get an answer within 20 seconds either so uh, yeah, I'm I'm really glad you shared that because that's a trap that a lot of uh, people who are self-employed fall into is they um, think that, oh, now that I kind of have control over my schedule, it's okay that I can just be working all the time or whenever. And now that you're setting your own office hours, um, it is important to communicate that to clients. And I always make a point to communicate that to my clients from the get-go that they know I'm basically operating like a normal business, you know, between nine and five, Monday through Friday, you can expect me to be a lot more available than in the evenings or on the weekends. Um, and actually for me, I there's, uh, most Fridays I don't work much of the day. And I also make sure that they understand that Monday through Thursday, you're gonna get a lot more from me. And um, just communicating that to your clients is, is super important. So I'm glad you I'm glad you brought that up. Um, yeah, one, one tip, uh, Chad, if I could share, which yeah. really helped for me, cause I'm an, I'm an admitted workaholic probably cause from, from my real estate days. Like I, 
could very easily work 120 hours a week, you know, and I could justify it in my mind too. Uh, one thing that's really helped a rule that I brought in uh, not too long ago working from home is that I try to do all my work in my office and not bring the laptop to different rooms because what was happening was I was on the couch. Uh, what we, my fiance would be watching, a, well, we were watching Good Girls on Netflix. It was okay, give it a 7 out of 10. <laughs> Binge watching it, but I'd have the laptop open doing work and then glancing up every so often. That's not good. So I make sure that it, there's a room for everything. There's a room for working, there's a room for reading, a room for us watching TV or so on. And I think it's important because if not, your home is going, it's going to bleed all over. You're going to be working from the toilet, you know, when you're in there. So it's very dangerous to get it good to set up back. I completely agree with that. That's something that I had to learn after about a year into it where I was kind of all over the place. I didn't have a set work area. Um, It was a lot more difficult in the family too, because they didn't know if I was working or not working. If I was on my phone doing something and they're wondering why I'm not paying attention or not present, I'm like, oh, I'm working. Oh, okay. I didn't know. Or it was this constant guessing game of whether dad was working or not. Um, and it made it so much easier when I was like, okay, here's the hours I'm working, or at least I, you know, for the most part, I have a default schedule during the week, but I can move that around if I need to. Um, and designated office space. Actually, if you can see behind me, that's, there's a table covered in Legos. I have a, uh, a designated spot. That's much cooler (laughs) than mine. I do have a Han Solo and Carbonite phone holder here. Um, if you're into Star Wars, (laughs) but no Lego. (laughs) Oh, very nice. <laughs> absolutely. Oh, there we go. <laughs> my, yeah, my, my son, he's five. He absolutely loves Star Wars, um, but he loves building Legos. And I've noticed that when I used to kind of try to keep him out of my workspace, it, I, it ended up me being a lot more difficult. But now he knows he can, when I'm not on, like right now I'm on an interview with you, if I'm on a meeting with a client, um, then uh, it, it, there's different kinds of times where he can he can be in here, but he has his own space where he can do his thing and his work, and uh, and then I have my space where I can do my work. But him feeling like he could be more in my world uh, made it easier to actually not be interrupted as much. Um, and uh, but yeah, it's important to have those boundaries and know what you're willing to allow and not allow, and being able to work that out with your family. So I'm definitely glad that you. Uh, you brought that up. Yeah. My son wasn't into Lego as much. He was big on Thomas the train. Uh, so I, I used to step on trains constantly. I'd be like, oh, shoot, I just stepped on Percy or here's Thomas. I'm like, holy. Um, <laughs> he's out of that phase now. You know, it's uh, now that he's 13. But um, What are some final things you wanted to share with us that you feel would be beneficial to this audience and specifically those who are maybe pursuing the... Um, self-employment path of of coaching i don't know if you can see this because it's this um is a little sticky i have by my desk and uh, what's on here are certain times of the day that uh, i basically had to set up boundaries when it came to uh, social media and facebook in particular uh so what was happening before was um i was god popping on facebook all the time to pop into my facebook group and to answer messages and everything else and it's tough to really do deep work like cal newport writes about when you're popping into facebook and especially nowadays it's a dumpster fire with talk you know political debates and fights and everything else uh, so what i do is i have certain times a day where i pop in get what i have to do done and then get the heck out of there because facebook and other social media is designed to hook you and keep you uh, with your eyeballs on it because that's how they make money 
Uh, so I call it drive-by postings. You know, I get in, post what I have to post, and I get the heck out of there. I'm squealing out of there. And I think that's a really good tip for people working from home is, uh, especially nowadays with these darn, you know, smartphones. I love smartphones, but it, they're in our pockets 24-7. It's very easy to get distracted. So uh, what I'm doing, um, I've done really well the last year. I'm going to look to improve it in the next 12 months is... Uh, eliminate more screen time and put it towards books. So I'm an avid reader. I love reading books. If I had to spend an hour reading a Facebook news feed or Instagram or something like that, or a good book, I'm going to take the book or I should be taking the book. Uh, so that would be just the tip. Have boundaries around social media usage and don't be a slave to your smartphone either. Uh, that's not good. Well, thanks for that tip. That's super beneficial. And I've definitely um, I had to battle with that as well of, of making sure that I don't get too distracted with things that aren't going to be the most productive. And, um, when it comes to social media, that's, that's really good advice for us. So thank you for that. Where, where can this audience learn more from you, learn more about you, connect with you? Uh, sure. So the best spot is naturalborncoaches.com. That's my home space with everything. Uh, also, the Facebook group I mentioned, we've got over 21,000 coaches in there, and that's at thatcoachingjungle.com. Okay, great. We'll definitely check those out. And I just thank you for your time today. Yeah, thanks for having me, Chad. Chad.